So it's been all about those, uh, the folding screens. You had the Galaxy Fold, mm. Z Fold, new one coming up. The, the flipping, you had the Razer. Mm. Everybody's trying to figure out what's the next thing. How are you going to get the extra screen real estate on your mobile device? What is the next move? Mm. Who's going to make the next move, Will? And is it the way we see it now with the seam and all the rest of it? Or is it a completely different approach? And today we have this leak. LG Wing leak reveals swing out second display. Hmm. How about this for a new take on how to get that extra screen real estate on your smartphone? What if you just, what if it sort of swivels out of there? And this leak, you can see an interesting use case scenario in which you've got the nav on the portrait display and you're still able to answer a phone call on the secondary display, which then would kind of swivel around into a regular slab when not in use. A new video obtained by Android Authority provides a first live look at the LG Wing and how the second screen could be used. The use case is intriguing. And apparently the wing could be a lot more affordable than the upcoming Z Fold 2, which could be around 2Gs. Mm. Part of the reason they think this might be the case is not just the fact that you don't have to worry about these fancy folding OLED displays with decrease and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. That could be part of it. But the other part of it could be that this is aiming, potentially, again, rumors, it's aiming at the Snapdragon 700 series chip in it, which it's a, that's all the rage these days mm-hmm. for the budget-minded. So it could be a cool phone with a cool price to go for it. Of course, I don't know at this moment. It's said to have a large 6.8-inch main display that's paired with a 4-inch second display. There's a twisting motion that takes place. Could be one of those addictive twisting motions like the old days. Uh, what did you have? You had the sidekick and things like this. Yes. You're, you're spinning and yeah. flipping and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I know you're a big guy when it comes to that. So anyway, this is just one of those uh, singular use case scenarios. It's actually a video as well, Will. I don't know if you want to play a little bit of it. It's an 11-second video. I feel like uh, we can handle it. Although there's some music playing in the background, which may be uh, you know, with the copyrights and the rest of it. But yeah. y- you can just play the clip without the music maybe. And you can see the guy's driving along. He's got the device. He's using it on the day-to-day. He's got the nav. He catches the phone call. It was playing music before. So you had the multimedia there. But then you get the phone call. You hit the button, and you don't disrupt the nav. You know how this is in the car, Will. Yeah. You don't disrupt the nav. It's not too bad. You've you've had the nav before, the Google Maps. I did, yes. And then, and then the call comes, it covers half of it. If you click to answer the call, the call replaces the nav, mm-hmm. or the nav goes small in the corner on Google Maps. Mm-hmm. So you could, this could be you. I mean, I wouldn't mind having this phone. That could be you. So anyways, it's, uh, the rumor is LG Wing mid-range 765G processor should be 5G capable. No release date. Could be unveiled at IFA. Uh, the CT- company CTO is scheduled to deliver a keynote presentation at that moment. So exciting times. Are we flipping? Are we folding? Or are we twisting and shouting? Swiveling. Maybe we're swiveling, I tell you what. Speaking of swiveling, I bring you into the next story. We got the Zenfone 7 7 Pro. It's swiveling. It's flippy. It's flappy. It's a tri-camera setup. 
And look what you get on the front end with this bizarre camera implementation. You get no notch, no notch city. Hmm. No hole punch, no nada. You have screen all the way because your camera is on the back when you're using the front of the device and it only uh, flips around in the event that you need to be doing the selfie stuff. And when you, if you are doing the selfie stuff, you're getting the top tier camera module mm. in order to achieve it, which is your rear camera module more frequently. So this is an approach that's going to require a motor. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be as solid as once they figure out the in-display, under-display stuff, but it's going to have the advantage of being the better camera that's on the rear of your device. Mm. And the multiple options. Look, you got a triple camera setup. You know there's going to be an ultra wide. You know there's going to be a high megapixel count if you want to choose for that. Many options. Uh, some other specs on this phone recently announced, by the way. Two devices, Zenfone 7 7 Pro, 180 degree flip camera. 6.67 inches on both. It's going to hit Europe starting September 1st. 90 hertz FHD OLED, which is a jump up from the previous Zenfone 6 series which was LCD. You're also going to have the 865 Snapdragon, so it's the chip you want, Willie Do. However, the Pro model will be clocked a little bit higher up to 3.1 gigahertz. You're going to have 6 or 8 gigs of RAM on the regular 7. 7 Pro, only 8 gigs. 128 of storage on the non-Pro, 256 on the Pro, though you can expand it because it does have a micro SD card slot up to 2 terabytes. You know how that goes. Both devices, 5,000 milliamp hour battery and a side-mounted capacitive fingerprint scanner pricing we don't know because currently you've only got the taiwanese pricing but the equivalent when converted to usd for the time being 750 dollars for the non-pro and 955 for the pro available in pastel white and aurora black uh it's kind of it's a little bit pricey it is an 865 unit but a thousand dollar smartphone is a thousand dollar smartphone mm-hmm but I have to say, you know, when I look at the front of the device, no notch, no hole punch, no nada, I say to myself, that could be fun. Yeah. I mean, even the back looks uh, incredibly clean. Mm. Like really, really Talk nice about a clean back. Yeah. It's like with the, in the, with the scrubber. <laughs> the back scratch? That's a clean. No, no. In the shower, the loofah. <laughs> that's a clean back. Yeah. That's yeah what, you got to use that. I don't have it. I don't have any of that, but. See, it seems like it would be a good time, those things, because you know how a good back scratch feels. And if you had the thing with the with the, the fibers and whatever else, it might be a good time. Uh, give it a shot. Okay, maybe I'll yeah. think about it. But anyways, uh, uh, three cameras, 64 megapixel, 12 megapixel ultra wide, and 8 megapixel telephoto with 3x zoom available to you either on the front or the back. Mm. Lovely. Maybe a little bit too much text on there on the back. Can, you said the clean thing. Oh, yeah. Maybe a little bit too much text. Yeah. You got to scrub it off. Uh, LG is officially coming out with a battery-powered air purifier mask. You know, some people with the masks these days, they don't like the breathing feeling of uh, you're not getting the fresh air in there. Mm. Uh, you're feeling you're suffocating a little bit. I, I Look, I can... Put up with myself but i'll tell you what will i only th gotta throw the mask on here and there mm -hmm. well if you're in the mask all day well if you're a healthcare worker now I'm not, i don't know if this one's going to meet the criteria but i'm just saying you're one of these people you have to wear it all day yes all of a sudden it's you're steaming and fogging and 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 it's, it's just not the optimal scenario mm -hmm. you do it because you got to do it but it's not the optimal okay you throw this guy on with a 
a battery inside and replaceable filters. And it's pumping the air in and it's reading the exhale to push out. So you're not sitting there with the exhale, which is actually, the, that's the tough part. And maybe you got something that you're interested in. There's two fans in there. Easier to breathe. The PuraCare wearable air filter. And they pulled the tech, some of the technology from what they've done with the air purifiers for the home. Now, they don't say much about your usual 3M What's the rate N95, this or that? They don't say much about that. But the fact of the matter is, this has removable filters. You could put a, a fresh one in there. And a lot of people in the world right now are just using the reusable masks anyways. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just cotton or whatever it is. So the real thing seems to be the mask in general. In this one, you add some tech to it. Now, the other thing I was worried about was what about battery life? Because... Are you charging this thing every five seconds? If you are, one of these people has to wear it every day. It has an 820 milliamp hour battery, which would provide up to eight hours of use. Hmm. So don't you worry about that. Okay. Because I know you were worried. So what do you say, Will? Are, are, is the world ready for the tech mask with the actual battery in it to make yes. your life easier? We're ready for it. Absolutely, yeah. And you're going to be first on the list. Oh, yeah, definitely. Very, very good. Walmart has jumped into the mix for the TikTok sweepstakes. Somehow, Walmart has gotten themselves wrapped up with Microsoft to, for a combo attack that they're, they're going to be a team, and, and they should be a team. Uh, well, this is what they say, because Walmart can figure out the advertising and stuff, and I don't know, I guess you can buy things through the app. You can imagine how this might all work. Mm-hmm. Walmart needs to make a move in the digital space. They got to right. go up against guys like Am I mean, Bezos and Amazon. It's a nightmare. Yes. They need to tap elbows with somebody like uh, Satya. Once they do that, then maybe they can start to close that gap, mm -hmm. the digital gap that currently exists. So they partner up with TikTok. ByteDance expected to, to sell within the next few days. Expected to announce a deal. The sweepstakes heating up. You got Oracle in the mix. We talked about. Twitter was in the mix. We talked about it. And the pre-existing U.S. investors in ByteDance. Darren and Sequoia. And General Atlantic. Yes. In the mix. Everybody's in the mix. But now you have this uh, Walmart-Microsoft tandem. They go to Trump. They go to the government. They say, we're the best. And here's why. And so a couple of quotes from the Walmart people. The way TikTok has integrated e-commerce and advertising capabilities in other markets is a clear benefit to creators and users in those markets. We are confident that a Walmart and Microsoft partnership would meet both the expectations of U.S. TikTok users while satisfying the concerns of U.S. government regulators. So they could be on the advertising piece. They could be on the, on the commerce piece. Mm -hmm. And they could say, we're Walmart. We're so American. Yes. And any data that we retrieve and any, anything we use in order to better reach customers and target customers, it's all American. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, Trump, be sitting there, he says, can we create some jobs? He says, can I then announce those jobs? Yeah. Can I then That's take credit want. for all those jobs? Yeah. And they say, yes, absolutely. Just sign off on this deal. He says, okay, perfect. It's got the piece. But he's also a big fan of the Oracle people, so... We'll see how that goes. One more quote. A social platform like TikTok would give Walmart easy access to the very audience it wants and needs to attract. Having a serious stake in the world of social media would not only allow Walmart to bolster its marketing efforts, it would also give it access to a rich seam of data. Stream, that's supposed to be, right? I don't know. 
that would help it target shoppers more effectively in terms of building campaigns, product development, and a whole host of other activities. They're saying we're the best. We need to be involved. If you're interested, Will, market cap for Microsoft, $1.73 trillion. Walmart, $373 billion. So together, we're getting close to that $2 trillion mark. Well, mm-hmm. we're over that $2 trillion mark. That's a big mark. That's the Apple mark mm-hmm. for the time being. So uh, who knows? Maybe it's better together. Maybe cooperation makes it happen. Cooperation working together. Yes, absolutely. Is that Sesame Street? I don't know, but it's deep in the brain, so it must be. Speaking of TikTok, though, the CEO, he says, I'm out. Enough of all this. Enough of that. I was at Disney for 15 years. I was at Disney. It was fine. I was golfing on the weekend. It was, I was pumping. I was a part of the Marvel. Marvel? Yeah. Marvel's a part of the Marvel. Part of Disney, yeah. Are you sure about that? I was part of the Star Wars. I was part of the launch of Disney Plus. It was great. I was playing golf on the weekends. Yeah. I was having a barbecue three nights during the week. That's how early I got home from work. Fire up the grill. He was flying high. And then and then this a uh, brand new opportunity. TikTok, it's all the rage. Every youngster in the world is using it. You're going to give me the CEO role? Oh, I'm there. 15 years, forget about it. See you later, Disney Plus. Uh-huh. Walks over, well, across the street, brand new TikTok office. Then Trump wakes up from a nap and says night, night to somebody else. Mm. Does that make sense? I don't think That's he ever naps. He talks about though. how he never sleeps, sleeps four hours a night because he's constantly watching TikTok, thinking about how he's going to ban it. Mm-hmm. Calls everyone sleepy. Everyone else is sleepy because yeah. he's never sleeping. Uh-huh. So anyways... Uh, Trump comes with the thing and the government talking about how they're going to ban ByteDance and TikTok and you got to sell and everything else. And a lot of heat starts coming this guy's direction, Kevin Mayer, because he just signed this big deal. They got the big American executive. And yeah, I mean, he just started a couple months ago. June. Yeah. June 1st. Yeah. They get this guy and then all the heat happens immediately after. And so anyways, he says, enough's enough. I got to go back to the barbecues. I got to go back to the weekend golf. I'm inventing all this, by the way. I mean, this guy's going to say, why, why, is he tell, why does he keep saying I'm, I'm golfing and all the rest of it? Yeah. I'm working 24-7. Stop mm-hmm. it. Which he might be. He, he was the Disney's head of streaming. So, yeah, big play on it. Disney+. Plus. He said a couple of things to the employees in recent weeks as the political environment has sharply changed. I have done significant reflection on what the corporate structural changes will require and what it means for the global role I signed up for. Against this backdrop, and as we expect to reach a resolution very soon... He's with a heavy heart that I wanted to let you all know that I have decided to leave the company. So part of it here seems to be, Will, that if an acquisition takes place, it won't be for the entire global operation. As we've referenced in the past, all these reports, it will be for the U.S., Canada, New Zealand, Australia market. Markets will be part of that acquisition. He's very carefully selecting the words. They're saying, I signed up for the global role. I was supposed to be the dude yep. across the world. Mm-hmm. And well, that part is gone now. And so certain things shifted and changed, and who knows what his role may have been had he stayed on, but it all depends on this sale. Mm-hmm. And when you have new management, you may have new hiring, and they may not align on mm-hmm. strategically. And so who just, he's like, you know what, I'm out right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to quit now. But that's a really short role, it turns out. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, I think he came in June 1st, but it was, as you said, it's just a couple of months. Meanwhile, he did 15 years at Disney. He was so comfy. Yeah. 
and uh, it's been a big, uh, you know, a yard sale since he got there. Yeah. So I guess um, that Vanessa Pappas girl stepped up and she's kind of like the interim CEO. You got an interim. Yeah. It's like an interim belt holder in the UFC. Yeah. 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 People are like, you're not the real. They're like, I'm the interim. I got the belt. Belt sitting right there. Yeah. Come and take it. Did you know 5G in the U.S. is not as good as 5G elsewhere? Could, really? Yeah, 5G in the U.S. only averages 51 megabits per second. Uh, can't, yeah, yeah. Lame. Blah. Can't do anything with that. Uh, it's obviously an upgrade over 4G, but yeah. there's a lot of reasons for this. Very comprehensive write-up here. Ars Technica, shout out. Uh, main thing here has to do with the type of 5g will there's different types yeah it's different millimeter wave and and uh frequency and all the rest of it when you got the low frequency will well the bandwidth suffers but it try you know you go long distances obstructions don't bother it as much once you get to the millimeter wave stuff concrete walls and things you have smaller networks but they're faster in those smaller within those smaller areas you get less reach hmm. So Verizon has some killer numbers, but a tiny 5G network as a consequence of it. So they can only advertise in certain places. But you hop onto Verizon, you can get up to 500, right around 500 oh. megabits per second. Anyway, they uh, they checked out a number of different places. You, you're going to be happy to know that Canada produced a 4G average of 60 megabits per second. The same as the American 5G, oh. or better than the American 5G. And then the 5G average was 178.1 megabits per second. That's great. So not too bad. In fact... Close to Taiwan and Australia at 200 megabits per second. And then, as you know, as it would be, South Korea and Saudi Arabia clocking in at 312 and 414, respectively. So you want to take a trip right now. I know it's limited. You will have to wear a mask. But you want to go experience some 5G, Willie Do. You are welcome to. Right on. So you have a graph here. You have the U uh, USA, the Netherlands, Germany, whatever. Canada kind of surprised me on this front. I don't, I don't know if we've been competitive in the past, but it kind of surprised me on his front. But here, let me give you a little breakdown on the 5G speeds here. The modest 5G download speeds in the U.S. are due to a combination of the limited amount of new mid-band 5G spectrum that is available and the popularity of low-band spectrum, T-Mobile's 600 megahertz and AT&T's 850 megahertz, which offer excellent availability and reach, but lower average speeds than the 3.5 gigahertz mid-band spectrum uses the main 5G band in every country outside of the U.S. Now, if you scroll scroll down to the next chart here, by the way, all this data via open signal, so another shout-out, secondary shout-out. Look at Verizon's number, almost 500 megabits per second comparative to T-Mobile, AT&T, and Sprint, which are all close between 50 and 60. However, nowhere near the availability because of the technology in play. As mentioned, uh, the Verizon's 5G network is tiny by comparison, and it relies on millimeter wave frequencies that are easily blocked by walls and don't mm. travel too far. So you see how this, its benefits, its drawbacks, will you do? But either way, uh, there you go. 5G is not 5G everywhere. There is a huge variety of 5G. So maybe it's best to see what you're actually going to get on your carrier and in your region to see if it's just some, some marketing thing or if, it's actually going to, you're going to see a significant improvement in your bandwidth or not based on your carrier and your location. You could check that out for yourself. Uh, speaking of 5G, India apparently done with Huawei for their uh, uh, telecoms and their networks. 
this is the 5G thing kicked off the whole thing. Now, they never, India never actually came out and effectively or officially banned them from their networks. However, there seems to be some sort of a shadow ban going on. Hmm. I just felt like saying shadow ban, hmm. which really re is in reference to social media and, and other things yeah. and not in reference to an actual physical thing in the real world. However, kind of cool to say shadow ban. Yeah. To get shadow banned. Am I banned? I don't know if I'm banned because I'm just, I keep typing, I'm tweeting. Is it working? Where's it going? Imagine, I mean, we could, imagine we were shadow banned on YouTube. We put out these videos. Is anyone no. seeing it? Actually, I guess YouTube's a bad one because you have the metrics right there, but, yeah. but other places. Mm -hmm. So anyways, uh, apparently you have uh, some industry executives that have come out and said, look, we don't, uh, it's not official. From the government, but we kind of know, we kind of got the mandate, we kind of caught the gist of it. You know what it's like? It's like in the mafia when they say, can, can you do me a favor? Can you go see this guy? He's causing me a few problems. Can you just go see him? Yeah. Maybe talk to him. Favors. Yeah, but you know it doesn't the mean favors. you're going to go talk to the guy. Yeah. So this would be like the prime minister saying, hey, you know what? I'm kind of like in this telecom equipment right here. I'm not saying yeah. you can't use anything else. I'm just saying I kind of like that one right there. And this is how this stuff works, Will. So they're saying the inside word is that if it's a big contract or let alone a government contract and so forth, then don't you dare bring me that Huawei stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is, of course, to limit the potential for retaliation. If it's an official thing with a big headline, then it could be retaliation, but you just do it quietly and you keep that stuff uh, off the table. Yeah, someone's su uh, sub so suggestive, I guess. Wow, <laughs> that was hard. Wow. Words are hard. It's a big moment in the show, right there. Yeah, yeah. I like it. You're right. Yeah. Fortnite is splitting into two different games because of Epic and Apple's fight. Uh, this is that's the Verge's headline. Is kind of a funny approach to a headline. Mm. It is true. It's splitting into two. I mean. Two different games in the sense that that the iOS users will no longer be in the pool of other gamers with the crossplay, mm -hmm. but the game itself will remain roughly the same. Although users on iOS are not going to get the updates as well, so they're going to lose crossplay. Plus, they're not going to get that Chapter Two, Season Four, which you're showing off right here. All the Marvel superheroes, and it. it's going to be a subpar platform to play the game if you're a fan. For the, for the yeah. foreseeable future. I mean, look at all these guys. What do you got? It's so much Marvel. Going, I mean, Fortnite, Marvel, it's all happening. People love this stuff, Will. Mm -hmm. When the, the universe cool. crosses over and people love this stuff. Yeah, it's a thing. Anyway, if you're on iOS, you're not going to be loving this stuff. Epic announced today, Fortnite's next season arrives tomorrow, but only but if you're on iOS or macOS, you're not going to play it. They, and they You know they love saying that. Fortnite... Uh, uh, both iPhone, iPad, and Mac are going to lose cross-play Fortnite multiplayer with non-Apple platforms. So now the friend groups are busted up. Mm -hmm. Now all the different pals that are out there and they play together and they hop on, all the iOS people are second rate. It's kind of like a reverse iMessage situation mm. where it's, oh, you play on that? Too bad for you. I got the latest season over here. I got Marvel stuff going on. Yeah, they're they're becoming outcasts. Yeah, you're going to be, exactly. Yeah. And that's a rough spot to be in. So, I mean, you guys have been following along. We cover this story a lot. 
we knew this was going to happen, but now it's sitting right there in front of people, and I'm curious to see what happens. And I'm, I'm curious to see if it causes anybody to jump ship and look towards other platforms. Now, I don't know what those platforms... You don't necessarily have to go to Android, Will. You could pick up a Nintendo Switch, an Xbox One, a PlayStation, but you got new consoles coming out. Mm -hmm. So that might be a tough move at the moment. Maybe you just switch over to Android if you're a heavy... Fortnite player on mobile. Mm. Maybe that's what you might end up doing. In fact, I'm going to skip ahead three stories because I realize there's a segue here that I didn't plan for. Here we have an article from Eric Franklin on CNET who says he might be lured away from iPhone to Android not because of Fortnite, but because of Xbox Game Pass. Right. And to me, this one is actually maybe even a bigger reason. I understand Fortnite is an incredibly popular game. And it's going to sway people one way or the other. But Xbox Game Pass is, a, is your whole gaming life. Mm -hmm. It's all those titles. Mm -hmm. And they tried to work with Apple to get things figured out. And Apple is continually kind of getting backed into their own little private silo here. By yep. not letting others in because they couldn't get a deal done. And Game Pass, the experience, Microsoft came out and said, look, we're not going to be able to deliver it the way we want on iOS. And you're going to have these Xbox caliber games on your mobile with the potential to put the controller on and all the rest of it. And a bunch of people that plan to pick up those next-gen consoles or are already invested in Microsoft who want to play this caliber of games on their, on their smartphone. How are they going to stay on iOS? Do you think they'll they'll uh, ever change their position? Well, I think you got to wait to see if it ever ends up on the bottom line. Oh. If they are able to to track statistics and say, "Oh, you know, the Epic one hurt us," or "Oh, you know what, this the Microsoft the the, the see the, the what's weird about doing this math is you have to say to yourself, "All right, so here's what we lost." Like they need to figure out the net. Yes. Here's what we lost, but. We signed up a bunch of new people for Apple Arcade yep. because they couldn't get that, you know? And they're going to have to figure out the net. Now, I don't think that these two things are necessarily competitive because the Xbox user base is already there. Mm -hmm. And they're already invested. And they just flip the switch and then they're doing the cloud stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know that it's a one-to-one -one thing. I tend to think the better move, and this is just me, this is just my intuition, would be, especially with this one, get it on iOS. Right. This would be a one where a couple pals could be talking and saying, you can't even play Microsoft Game Pass yeah. on your iPhone? Get out of here. And yeah. I think the Fortnite one is similar, even though I'm not, I don't play Fortnite. But I think it's similar, much like the iMessage thing, where you don't ever want to be the outcast in a group mm -hmm. that can't do the thing. You always want to be able to do the thing, mm -hmm. whatever happens to be, and socialize where people are socializing. You don't want to have those walls in there wherever possible. But anyway, this, uh, he makes a case here for uh, why he'll consider another platform. And the important part, this is a, a person who's been on iOS since the iPhone 3G in 2008. This is a very reluctant switcher. Power user. Yeah. And so it's significant because it's not a person that flip-flopped every so often. It's a diehard iOS user. And there could be some others out there in the universe. Of course, I can ask the audience here because there's people sitting here watching this. If you're, if you're an Xbox user and an iPhone user and you plan on signing up for Game Pass, are you going to ditch your iPhone is essentially what I'm trying to say. Would you move to Android 
in order to experience Game Pass as a Microsoft Xbox gamer or just a game fan in general who wants to utilize this technology, this game streaming technology on your mobile. Let me know in the comments if it would cause you to flip from iOS to Android. Speaking of Apple, you know the debacle that we talked about with the, the uh, wireless charger, the originally called AirPower. We have now have another confirmation here that, or report, that they're going to do a far less ambitious version of it. Now, the rumor was out there. We had heard, we had, uh, I think it was Ming-Chi who came out and said, yeah, the air power didn't work out. They're just going to do a much more basic unit. Maybe it will charge one device. Mm. Definitely not drop everywhere because they had all the issues with the heat and all the rest of it. We saw the, uh, the air power torn down in a recent clip that we put out. And so this, uh, this less ambitious version uh, comes after the announcement, delay, and eventual cancellation of AirPod. Yeah, we know that. Maybe it could be ready to go along with the iPhone 12 because it's kind of crazy how many generations of wireless charge-capable iPhones we've had, and we still don't have any wireless charger. So can't they just grab something off the shelf now? Yeah. You got the iPhone 12 right around the corner. You know how many extra units you would move making available as an accessory Apple's first official wireless charger? Is it included in the in the box? How though? dare you? That is so rude. I see a <laughs> smirk on your face. They're going to include nothing in the box. There's another report, which I didn't include in today's show, that said no accessories. And we talked about the power uh, adapter that wouldn't be in there, but now it's also the headset because, you know, they would include a lightning headset. Mm. For a, for a period of time, so nothing, no accessories in the box is the latest rumor. Hmm. So, anyways, when it comes to the affordable, or I don't know if I should say affordable because Apple's probably going to still price the thing as you might expect. The simplified wireless charger, we may see it alongside those upcoming iPhones, and we'll definitely, according to these reports, see it eventually, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Hmm. Uh, Sony has some news about the upcoming PlayStation Five. Apparently, there's going to be a very limited quantity available at launch, and therefore, they're making pre-orders available on, an, on a registration and invite-only mode. And it's going to be a, a one PlayStation 5 per person type of pre-order in which you're going to put your name in the hat, you get selected, and then you've got a window of opportunity to pre-order the thing based on the invite. Everybody loves this exclusive stuff. You know, supply, demand, you know, the moment there's scarcity, people go wild. They go crazy. You mean I can't have one? I want one. It's like you didn't want one, though. Mm -hmm. I told you you couldn't have one before you wanted one. Now you want one. Yeah. That's the human stuff. The that's, bandwagon. Yeah, that's the human nature type of thing. Well, they see a lineup. What's this lineup for? I remember seeing some funny clips where people just get in the lineup, and then the news reporter comes. <laughs> yeah. and, Why are you in this lineup? I don't know. I saw the lineup. Yeah. That's a real thing that happens with human beings. So according to Sony's announcement, there will be a limited quantity of PS5 consoles available for pre-order this holiday season. The invitation program is a chance for existing PlayStation customers to get their shot at being able to order the upcoming console. They want to take care of their diehard customers first. It will be attached to your PSN ID that you'll be able to pre-order a single console along with two of each of the new DualSense controllers and other PS5 accessories. This is available to U.S. addresses. And the consoles will only be available while supplies last. So they're going to give you a leg up if you're a pre-existing PlayStation customer. It's another way, Will, to ensure that you got the, that they're not going to jump ship and move over to, to the other side, the dark side, the Microsoft side, in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And so they give you a little special treatment for being a pre-existing customer. Nintendo 
Obviously, they have the Switch product, which isn't changing anytime soon. Wildly successful product. This new accessory for it blew my mind. I promise you, it actually blew my mind. Well, it didn't blow my mind. But it did blow my mind. In the sense that I'm still sitting here and healthy and able to do the show. Right. That said, I've wanted this technology for about a billion years. And this technology is capable of charging your controller and Joy-Cons without touching anything oh over the air that's great that's the future thing remember there were the prototypes with the tesla and maybe it can just drive in the garage and wirelessly the power can transmit with no cable Mm. it wasn't i didn't think tesla ever showed it off and i think it was underneath because it's we're talking so much more power Mm -hmm. but apparently will this thing for your joy cons you take the controller you place it in front of it and the light turns on and the power starts interesting moving uh, through the air this technology came from Joy-Cons and not like phones or something. Well, I know. I, I'm sure they've been experimenting and testing it elsewhere. But I don't know why this this becomes uh, the, uh, the first major candidate. I know I've seen it demonstrated elsewhere. But the Joy-Con thing is a bit of a nightmare, charging the Joy-Cons. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you slide into the dock. They have mm-hmm. to go back onto the main unit. And it's right. just, I don't know. It's a whole process. Whereas if you're mostly a couch gamer and you have them in this configuration, like as a controller, mm. you don't want to be sliding things out or plugging them in independently or I, I, whatever. I don't know. I'm sure that these controller units have a way of doing it. If you do choose to use a wire, that's probably not terrible. But this, I like the proof of concept. There's a little video actually below that you can click on. Say goodbye to docking your Joy-Cons to recharge them. PowerCast's latest wireless charger makes it possible to refill your Joy-Con controller batteries without a physical connection using their new wireless charging grip. The system works by means of a wireless power transmitter called PowerSpot. The controllers fit inside the wireless charge grip. The grip automatically receives power when placed within a certain proximity of the transmitter. Just proximity. Cool. And the way that you know that you're charging, it works up to one foot away. The way you know you're charging, you see a nice indicator light. To let you know, because I was worried about that. I'm like, you know, you don't place it perfectly. Mm -hmm. So this may be even better than the actual wireless charge platform. Yeah. Because you just place it in front, which is obviously very natural, a very natural thing to do. Apparently, it's on Amazon. You can get up to 26 hours of continuous gameplay on a single charge. I love seeing technology like this, especially Mm -hmm. from an accessory manufacturer. Of course, take it for what it's worth, Will, because I haven't tried it out. And I'm just going based on... The concept and not necessarily uh, the, the reliability, long-term durability, all these other things, which I would love to try out for myself and hopefully will soon. Rivian is apparently working really hard on their interiors to make them the most luxurious in the industry. And I don't know if you're going to agree with that, but apparently they're benchmarking their interiors against companies like Bentley and Lamborghini. So they're saying, hey, we've got all the materials we're going to do it all right. Natural material, natural materials, renewable, a wood. I see wood. You see wood in there with the grain and everything. Yeah. And I know that does it for you. During Very an event cool. last week, Rivian's director of crafted quality said the company is benchmarking their interiors against those from Audi, Lincoln, and Bentley and Lamborghini. I can speak on the Lincoln one uh, with the Navigator it's very similar to this and you have the natural wood and it's an open style interior with a similar armrest and a big, huge display like that. But those natural materials on the inside make a huge difference to the feel of the thing. Hmm. 
it uh, it feels kind of more like furniture almost. Mm. It feels more at home on the road trip, mm. particularly in an SUV. Yeah. Uh, what they've done here is they've also inset a very large display into the center and uh, also a large display behind the steering wheel, just yeah. a little bit smaller than that. The seats also really remind me of the Navigator seats, the seats Lincoln uses, which are multi-contour, have a number of different adjustabilities, mm. you know, to get the right fit in there. Apparently, they say it's going to be world-class. That uh, display in the middle, 12.3 inches. Oh, no, the digital cluster is 12.3 inches, of course. The touchscreen in the center is actually 15.6 inches, which is quite large. There's also a 6.8-inch rear display that's going to be in there. And, of course... Pricing will starts at $69,000, so it does have to be a luxury interior at that starting price. But I, I just felt I had to show that to you. They say that their user interface will also reflect adventure, the outdoors, and exploration. So I think there's a theme to it in here that they're trying to bring the outdoors inside, utilitarian materials. They say the wood is sustainably sourced, the colors and textures also inspired by nature. I feel like a guy like you can appreciate that. Well, yeah, it. That, that's a good feeling, you know, knowing that uh, you step in your vehicle and it's natural. Inspired. It feels natural. Inspired by nature. Yes. Amazon is opening its first fresh grocery store. Speaking of nature, we talked about this before. This was uh, happening very soon, but now it's open. It's in the Los Angeles area. They invited select customers. Imagine you were one of those. They're like, we want you to be a select customer. Mm. Sounds so exciting to come in and experience their new full all-out store experience. And what it is, is you've got the Amazon Dash cart. You can skip the checkout line. You have Alexa features in there. It's the futuristic shopping experience that you're looking for. You can also get same-day delivery from the store or pickup same-day as well. You know in these new times, Will, with the lockdowns and the whatnot, all of these technologies are, are becoming increasingly important mm -hmm. because the limited number of interactions you have with people limits the potential for the spread of all your, uh, you know, all the stuff that you're made of and all the stuff living in your body and all the stuff not living in your body that you're spewing everywhere. Yeah. You understand what I'm talking about. So anyways, this, uh, you go in here, you've got the dash cart and you're paying for the things right within the cart and you leave and it's no interaction and you've got all Amazon intelligence in there. And it could be the beginning of the future. This is in Los Angeles, as I mentioned, but there are plans to open more of them soon in Illinois, Oaklawn, Schaumburg, and Na Naperville, as well as in Irvine and North Hollywood, California. They didn't specify when those would open. The current store, if you want to go check it out in LA, is open from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., Go and check the tech and let me know how it goes. Costco, on the other hand, they're still doing what they're doing and they're bringing back something they were doing that they stopped doing, which is, and if you've been to Costco, you know this, the sampling. Oh, Re Remember yeah. you go to get the samples, it's a fun time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Fill me up. Yeah, fill you right up <laughs> while you're shopping. Yeah. You don't even need to buy anything. Yeah. Willie Do's just having the samples. Yeah. Anyway, so they had yeah. to take the samples off the table when... Uh, when the pandemic happened mm -hmm. because it was, uh, well, I guess there were extra risks associated with having the food, handing out the food, eating the food, all of these things that a human would want to do to have a good time. Mm. But apparently they're starting to slowly bring it back, but in a new kind of format, which to me is not exactly sampling, 
So you look here, Will, and you see the, the pasta and the sauce behind the, the case there, and it's prepared, but you can't have that. Oh. No, and you also can't have the sample right in store, at least if we're to look at this particular example, which is the pasta and the pasta sauce. However, I think you get to take it home. Now, a lot of people started speculating the way this was posted. This guy's a Costco enthusiast, Costco guy for you. People were speculating, okay, so what do we do? We take the demo home? Yeah, it's a dry sample. So, Will, you grab, you actually get to grab one of those pastas right there. You go home, you boil it. If you like it, you come back, you buy the big pack. Oh, because that's it a huge serving. It's a huge serving. Uh, it's even bigger than that. You get the pack. Yeah. It's, so It's like a regular plate of spaghetti. No, it's bigger. That bag if you're, that you're looking at is a pot of spaghetti. That's just one serving. You would get probably four of those out Wait, of that. Wait, do you, do you take this home, the plate? No, you take home the oh. bag in front. Oh. <laughs> you see the bag in front? You yeah. take home the dry sample uncooked. You get home, you try it. If you like it, you come back and buy the eight pack. You see, they sell it in such a huge portion. That's why the samples are important at Costco. Oh, that's even bigger than I thought. I thought it was just the plate. And, uh, yeah, no, you're going to uh, apparently and maybe you get one jar. I don't know if you're going to get the sauce. Look, there's a lot of speculation going on, but they say this is the new normal prepackaged dry samples oh. and it's not uh, not on all demos. So who knows? Maybe to the side of this display, there's an, a smaller dry package to take mm -hmm. home. But either way, you take this small Willie Doo's going to go to Costco after this because he's really curious about this. But yeah, you go this home, you cook uh, it. If amazing. you like it, you buy the big pack. Because it's hard to make an, uh, a commitment on an eight-pack of those pastas if you don't like it. Mm -hmm. You see, so you take one home, you love it, or the sauce, and you come back and you buy the big one, which is what Costco is all about, mm -hmm. is the big one, Willie Do. So anyway, yes. let's wrap this up so we can go have some pasta, all right? All right.